Honestly, the most amazing thing, and I use that word lightly, or loosely, I should say, when living in Ohio, like I have my entire life, there's honestly a lot of rich history and dark mystery to the state. I live in Chillicothe, which is Ohio's first capital. It was the capital twice before going to Columbus. And we have a lot of paranormal activity in this town as well as the entire state having been built basically upon the backs of the Hopewell Indians and other ancient Indian cultures, Native American cultures, tribes and so forth. Lands desecrated, areas moved, removed, dug up, rebuilt, and so much tragedy. Chillicothe is ground zero for the Midwest flu epidemic of 1918, which started at Camp Sherman in Ohio, Chillicothe. And it was to the point where there were so many bodies that they could no longer put them in the morgue. They had to start stockpiling them in the crawl spaces and basements of homes and the historical downtown, as well as the Majestic Theater which is one of the most haunted hotspots in Chillicothe, Ohio. That is what I will be discussing in this week's episode, Weird Ohio, Strange Haunted Locations, Bizarre Areas Within the Great Buckeye State, and Helltown, Ohio, uh, which is in northern Ohio. Now, Weird Ohio was written by uh, a friend of mine and a fellow author, and he covered a lot of bases when it comes to the different weird locations and, and places here in, in Ohio. Uh, I'm going to touch on a few of them. But buckle up and prepare to enjoy an insightful look into the great Buckeye State of Ohio. We're known for a lot more than college football. We're known for a lot more than Cincinnati Reds or the Cleveland Browns or for uh, one of the first college campuses within the Midwest. This is Neil Parks. I'm your host for Paranormally Speaking. Please hold for an important message from one of your... Sp <laughs> My sponsors. They're not your sponsors. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. As I mentioned before the commercial break, a fellow author and friend of mine, James Willis, was a co-author on Weird Ohio, which was, uh, it's a book, of course, you can get anywhere in the state. Uh, 
And every state has its own weird book. There's weird Pennsylvania, weird New England, weird New Hampshire, weird Vermont, weird New York. I make a point to grab a copy of every weird whatever state I'm in book whenever I'm there. However, I had difficulty finding one for Texas when I was there last weekend. Uh, I was in Dallas for a business trip uh, for my day job, a company that I co-own with a business partner of mine. We had a business trip in Dallas, which was a big annual conference. That was a lot of fun, but a little too country for my speed. I'm a hard rocker through and through. But one of the things that James Willis has discussed with me and we've kicked around the idea of collaborating on is a full-on book and possible documentary on Helltown, Ohio, which actually lives up to its name. Now, for starters, an abandoned city in Ohio's Cuyahoga Valley that fuels local urban legends about a chemical spill and murderous Satanists. Welcome to Helltown. In the Cuyahoga Valley in Ohio, there is an eerily deserted place known as Helltown. Unlike the ghost towns of the West, this Midwestern area is particularly unique because it doesn't look all that old. Although some buildings bear the features of early America, the rest are distinctly 20th century. The clear, no trespassing signs posted throughout the town are certainly modern and official. There's not a soul to be found in this place, but there are still remnants of the lives the former residents left behind, including an abandoned school bus. The town is surrounded by a dangerous road and many roads that seemingly lead to nowhere, but it is the church that seems to have inspired its ominous name. The white building in the center of Helltown is emblazoned with the upside-down cross. The locals all have their theories. Some say the church was a place of worship for the Satanists who populated Helltown, some of whom say they still lurk around the closed-off roads, hoping to ensnare unwitting visitors. Others say the town was evacuated by the government after a toxic chemical spill that resulted in a bizarre mutations of the local residents and animals, with the most deadly being the Peninsula Python, a snake that grew to enormous size and still slithers near the abandoned town. Even the old school bus is the center of a dark legend. Supposedly the children in it were carried and were slaughtered by an insane killer or in some versions of the story by a group of Satanists. The superstitious claim that if you peer through the vehicle's windows, you can see either the ghosts of the killer or his victims still sitting inside. Helltown, Ohio, is in fact an abandoned town formerly known as Boston, whose deserted buildings provide plenty of fodder for creepy photos, or at least they did until they were all torn down in 2016. While what really happened in the town's residence is quite disturbing in its own way, most of the urban legends have rather mundane explanations. The church does in fact bear upside-down crosses, but these are a fairly common feature of the Gothic revival style in which it was constructed. Ghost hunters may have actually gotten a terrifying glimpse of a man or children inside the old school bus. However, they were not the spirits of murder victims forever trapped in limbo, but rather a man and his family who temporarily lived there while their house was being renovated. There is still some local debate 
about whether the chemical spill actually happened, but the lack of hard proof regarding the Peninsula Python has not stopped locals from celebrating Python Day. Even Helltown's spooky name is a result of, rather than the source of all these urban legends, Helltown is actually just a nickname for part of Boston Township in Summit County, Ohio. The residents of the area were indeed forced to abandon their homes by the federal government, but not because of a chemical spill or supernatural cover-up. With national concerns about the deforestation in full swing, in 1974, President Gerald Ford approved legislation that allowed the National Park Services the power to expropriate land, theoretically to preserve forests. While the idea behind the bill may have been good intentions, it was bad news for residents living in areas designated by the National Park Service for new parks areas. The area that is now dubbed Helltown was earmarked for the new Cuyahoga Valley National Park, and the people living there had no choice but to sell their properties to the government under eminent domain. One disgruntled mover scrawled his own gloomy epithet on the wall. Now we know how the Indians felt. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors, and I'll be right back with more on Helltown, Ohio. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Now we're back from the commercial break with the cool lead-in music from Chevelle. I'm glad that you decided to continue on this journey of haunted, creepy, dark, scary, spooky, and weird locations in the Buckeye State, including Helltown and my hometown of Chillicothe, Ohio. Here in Ohio, we have our fair share of all things eerie, ghostly, and just straight-up creepy. The following are what I think to be the most haunted places in Ohio. Among some of the many haunted, but I'm only going to share a few. Don't be afraid to visit, though, because experiencing a haunting is just about one of the most exciting things you can do while here in the Buckeye State, if not just really the only thing you can do. And some of the ghosts may be friendly, too. Starting off with the Ohio State Reformatory, that's in Mansfield. Formerly known as the Mansfield Reformatory, this historic prison is the site where the state's most violent ghosts can be found. Spirits of rioting inmates who often fought each other to the death in overcrowded isolation cells. They haunt the halls and cells of this former prison. You can understand why it's considered one of the most haunted places in Ohio if you take the time to go to one of their regular tours they have, a standard ghost walk. Uh, I myself have had a few 
experiences with the Mansfield Reformatory, uh, one of which was when I was in high school, and it was before they had the electric chair roped off, and I decided, hey, this would be a great opportunity for a photo op. So I sat in the electric chair. Uh, I assume it wasn't on, but I got in a lot of trouble for sitting in the electric chair, and I was banned from going to the Mansfield Reformatory for a while. Uh, things have changed now. They, they've welcomed me back during ghost walks and during uh, paranormal conventions, thankfully. I, I guess now that I'm worth something to them as far as publicity and maybe writing about it, they're like, yeah, come on back. It'd be great to have you, Mr. Parks. The Ridges. This is in Athens, Ohio. It was once known as the Athens Lunatic Asylum and is now owned by Ohio University, which is my alma mater. I've been to the Ridges a few times. It's pretty active. Uh, the atmosphere is heavy. It's thick. Parts of the facility still hold shadows, stains, and spirits of former mental patients who often suffered from violent treatments such as lobotomies. And earlier I mentioned Helltown. The people of the former town of Boston Mills were mysteriously ordered by the U.S. government to leave the town in the early 1970s. Whether a satanic activity, government conspiracy, or mutated citizens led to the town's sudden evacuation, the abandoned homes, buildings, and streets are said to be haunted today by the spirits of those who did not want to leave. It's one of the most haunted places to visit in Ohio, but you probably wouldn't want to. Beaver Creek State Park Parts of Ohio's Erie Canal, built in the early 1800s, can be found throughout this park and two canal locks. In particular, they are said to be haunted by ghosts of canal workers who died while on the job. It's one of the scariest places in Ohio. The Mudhouse Mansion. This used to stand near Lancaster, Ohio. It's isolated. It was in Fairfield County, and it stood abandoned. It was a mansion where it's rumored that ghosts of families who once lived there haunt the grounds and the house. One story claims that Civil War slaves were murdered and his master and his master's family wander the grounds at night. A bounty hunter was killed there as well, who was hunting slaves. Uh, he was killed by people running the Underground Railroad. Um, he's known to haunt the location as well. If you were to park across the road and try to explore the Mud Mansion, the woman who lives up the hill is for some reason very protective of the whole area. I think she owns the Mud Mansion. She would send people down to slash tires of explorers, early ghost hunters, who were curious about the location. But since these stories have been shared and an episode of, I believe, Ghost Adventures was filmed there, it has since burned to the ground and been demolished. While Hollow Road, within a unique geographical niche in North Columbus, while Hollow Road, where it is said that passerbys are haunted by a man who killed his wife before committing suicide beneath the road's bridge. Franklin Castle. This is in Cleveland. It's home to what is considered to be Ohio's most haunted house, where secret passageways, hidden rooms, and ghosts of families who have lived in the historic mansion abound. It's one of the most haunted places in northern Ohio. The Moonville Tunnel. There's so much information about this and so many stories about it. 
The abandoned town of Moonville in southeastern Ohio holds a haunted tunnel where legend has it the ghost of a man who was killed instantly by a train passing through the tunnel wanders along the track bed near the old tunnel at night. The Majestic Theater in Chillicothe, Ohio, where I was born and raised. America's oldest continuously operating theater, built in 1853 and bound to have a haunting or two or three or four or 50. It can be found in Chillicothe. What was once the Masonic Opera House is now a normal, fully functioning theater, with the exception of a ghostly little girl, mysterious fogs, and a voice asking for someone named Andrew. It's easy to see how this is one of the most haunted places to visit in Ohio. <clears throat> Not to mention the fact that hundreds of bodies were stockpiled on the stage and in the basement where the dressing rooms are during the flu outbreak of 1918, the Spanish flu, where they were embalmed and somebody, some of them were not dead and had actual dead soldiers or citizens stacked on top of them until they eventually suffocated and died. The Lima Tuberculosis Hospital. Hidden behind a small neighborhood in Lima's far west side sits the abandoned TB ward where the ghosts of patients wander the halls and hospital grounds. The next one is Squire's Castle. While certainly charming in the daylight, this small castle within Cleveland Metro Parks is haunted nightly by a shadowy figure with a red lantern. Now I'm asking you, do you know of any of the most haunted places in Ohio that I may not have gone over? Please let me know by sending me an email to parksparanormal at gmail.com or by dropping me a message on one of my many social media platforms through Facebook, TikTok, or Twitter, and even my YouTube channel. Thank you, and please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. On Wednesday, October 8th, 2003, I took another chance at investigating another crop formation in Peebles, Ohio. My first attempt fell short of any research at all due to a failing battery and the fact that I was kindly escorted off the property by three men who claimed to be off-duty officers watching for acts of vandalism. During my second attempt, I brought my camcorder again, this time with a backup battery. When I arrived near the property, I pulled into the parking lot of the Serpent Mound Park. This is directly across from the formation. There wasn't a soul for miles, no vehicles of any type, no wind, 
The sky was clear that day, and there was no visible wildlife. I powered up my camcorder as I walked into the field. The second that I set foot within the formation, my camera went black. I began to feel the same static feeling and the ache in my jaw as I did during my visit to the formation in Bainbridge, Ohio. I was almost knocked to the ground by a powerful gust of wind. As it began to get colder, a voice shot out from behind me saying, You're going to need to come out of there now, please. I turned around with whip action to see a very tall, very pale man. He was well built, wearing a state trooper uniform, without an ID badge, a hat, or a gun. He was wearing dark sunglasses. However, he just appeared out of thin air. There were no vehicles other than my own anywhere near either of us. It was almost as if he popped up out of the ground, fell from the sky, or teleported from an alternate dimension. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware that this was still a no trespassing zone, I said to the officer. He replied, turn off the camera, come away from the field, and get in your car, please. I was shocked that he was so calm and collected about the whole ordeal. Am I breaking any laws by being here? I'm just researching the area. Turn off the camera, get in your car, and go home. I will not report this if you comply, the officer replied. Finally, I walked out of the field and turned off my camcorder, as if it were really doing me any good with two failing batteries. I walked past the supposed officer, and all he did was stand in the same position that he had been standing in the entire time. His arms were folded, and his head turned to follow me as I walked by him. It was like walking past the Terminator. I got in my car and pulled out of the parking lot. There were still no other vehicles in sight. There was no way that he would have walked all the way from the police station. I drove past him and watched his movements in my rearview mirror. He turned around and walked directly into the field, then vanished into knee-high crops. I panicked. Where in the world could he have gone? I came to a screeching halt, and then I backed up my car to the same spot where he had been standing. Instantly on that very spot, my car died, and then it came back on after I attempted to start it. My digital meter display was showing all ease, no numbers. All of my radio stations had been reset, and my camera was working again. This time it displayed full power. My wristwatch was behind the time by five and a half minutes, and my cell phone was wiped clear. The man who was supposedly an officer was missing. There was no sign of him anywhere in that field. I took off without looking back. On the way home, I called the local police in the area and explained the entire event to their dispatcher. He listened and seemed very interested. He went on to tell me about an onslaught of calls that he had received about UFO sightings within the last 24 hours and people calling and claiming to see strange animals and other bizarre encounters in the area. He believed me and said that he knows for a fact that the area that I was in was not zoned off and I had every right to be there, seeing as how I had permission from the landowner. He knew that there would be no reason for one of his guys or a state trooper to be within that area at that time. He wondered if that guy might be some loon impersonating an officer. I'm left wondering if the individual that I encountered was not a being of this realm but possibly from another realm entirely. Fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go talk stream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from talk stream live now available in the itunes app store that's terrific. The story is about Elizabeth's grave. The legend of Elizabeth's grave has played a major part in the mystery and whispers of legend and lore in this area for many generations. The stories that come from there are terrifying. The rumors are similar from person to person, and the history holds no real validity. So many accounts have been relayed to me through the years, and I approach each case with an open mind and a sense of skepticism. The area in which these hauntings take place is a wildlife reserve off Egypt Pike Road. There is a long dirt road that will lead you to where an old cemetery rests to your left. This location has been vandalized time and time again by local hooligans, which has left a majority of the tombstones in disarray and not placed where they should be. This is an area which is said by many to have been sacred ground among the Native Americans that used to live there. One of the many stories that I have been told pertains to a group of teens that attempted to spend the night in the old graveyard. Their account stated that they were sitting in lawn chairs and a cool breeze blew through the area. A frightening calm hovered over them and within a few seconds the sound of growling and the gnashing of teeth and the vibration of what sounded like hundreds of feet stomping through the woods was headed in their direction. Without so much as a second thought, the teens grabbed their gear, left the chairs, and fled from the campsite completely consumed with fear. In the taillights of their vehicle, they claimed to have seen huge red glowing eyes. There are many people who have claimed that they arrived at the site and shut off their vehicles. They will not start up again after that. Some people have reported seeing red glowing eyes protruding through the woods, lurking in the field, or peering from behind the car or the tree where Elizabeth supposedly hanged until she died. I had an unfortunate experience many years ago while I was following up on a UFO sighting in that area. I was walking around the old cemetery location and had the beam of my flashlight panning across the heavily wooded backdrop. This is the area where dozens of tombstones lie scattered about. The sight of total disrespect for the dead saddened me, and what happened next took the breath from my very lungs. The beam of my flashlight exposed what appeared to be a Bigfoot creature. I took three huge steps back before I was able to breathe again. I almost ran back to my vehicle before realizing that this was only a man-made beast. 
in the darkness of night, along an overgrown tree line, the fake Bigfoot looked very real. It turns out that one of the local high schools does this every year as a prank. There are still so many unanswered questions, different versions of the story, and hundreds of people reporting weird phenomenon in this area that I had to launch a full-scale investigation into the legend of Elizabeth's grave. On October 21st, 2006, while I was taking part in a paranormal investigation with the South Central Ohio Paranormal Society, we attempted to shed some light on the history and folklore that surrounds the area within Elizabeth's grave. There are so many stories that have been floating around this area. The stories pertain to her grave and the mystery behind who Elizabeth was, where she came from, where she went, and what exactly happened to her. Upon our arrival, we ran into a young couple at the site seeking the same answers. They were from this area, however, they had only stopped by once before. They had actually made this night their second encounter in search of this mysterious grave. Their names were Andrew and Victoria. They were there the night before as well. The first time, they were joined by two of Victoria's friends. Their story was indeed strange. According to Victoria, a possible residual apparition of Elizabeth herself touched her. She said, While I was walking to the right side of my group, I was at a distance of no more than two people away from them. My group just happened to be at my left when I felt something grab me and pull me further from my friends. I froze for a moment so I could gather myself. I realized that the only other people in the area other than me were my friends to the left, Victoria stated. She continued, I was motionless and still. It was only a few moments before I actually brought up the experience to the others in my group. When they were made aware of this, they bore witness to a phenomenon unlike anything they would have ever imagined. Andrew added, Everything around us grew quiet except the sounds of the tree limbs snapping and a silent whisper coming from that old oak tree to the right. It sits next to the natural path by the cemetery. Andrew explained to us how they were made aware of this supernatural hotspot. They discovered this location through a website that goes by ForgottenOhio.com. This site seems to be a popular resource for local Scoobies. Andrew also informed us of some excellent haunted hotspots in and around the Dayton, Ohio area. His information and their accounts were most helpful. The stories and legends surrounding the mystery of Elizabeth were similar through their statements and understanding pertaining to their experience. The legend, according to what they've heard or read, revolves around the idea that Elizabeth was a witch, frightened local zealots murdered her, and she allegedly haunts the woods in and around the cemetery. She is supposedly buried to the right of the oak tree that she was hung from. However, there are no written records pertaining to her living as a witch or dying as a result of witchcraft. There is a headstone bearing the name Elizabeth that rests in the basement of the Archives Building in the historical downtown district in Chillicothe, Ohio. It remains there in order to protect that piece from vandals. It is believed to be the real headstone for the actual Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth and her mother were said to have fled from Salem, Massachusetts in 1692 for the crimes of witchcraft. Elizabeth was supposed to have been 20 at the time of her death in 1712. Elizabeth, only an infant at the time when her and her mother fled from Salem. They were said to be seeking refuge as far from the madness as possible. The two of them took a path in the area that went through what would later be known as the Erie Canal. Elizabeth and her mother found a vacant house in the woods, no more than 300 feet from where the cemetery now rests. Elizabeth's mother was said to have befriended a local farmer. The farmer's first wife died in childbirth. The farmer took Elizabeth's mother as his wife after a long courtship. Elizabeth's mother never told her new husband about her supernatural abilities or where she came from. However, as Elizabeth grew into a young woman, it became evident to everyone in the area that both Elizabeth and her mother possessed special abilities. The discovery led to their death by the hands of paranoid, angry people. With torches and pitchforks, the locals headed to the house that Elizabeth's mother made into a home for them. Later that evening, we finished our investigation by speaking briefly with another group of spooky enthusiasts. They were also looking for the same answers. This group traveled well over an hour to visit this spot, and they too found out about it through the same website. In the end, our research showed while we were in the far left side of this area, we noticed that there were several dozen broken headstones and grave markers. One of these headstones displayed the name Elizabeth. It showed the date of death being 1932. We noticed heavy drops and energy from the readings on our electromagnetic pulse meters. The further we got from the area, the more severe the jump in the electromagnetic energy. The meter stayed calm for the most part. However, there were significant drops in magnetic energy while we were standing near the oak tree with Andrea and Andrew and Victoria. After almost an hour of calm silence, the wind started to pick up and a phantom aroma filled the air around us. It smelled like a strawberry perfume mixed with the smell of rust. While this was plaguing us, my attention was quickly switched. One of my team members stated that they had a feeling of a little hand with a gentle grip clasping onto their left hand. Their hands smelled like strawberries for the rest of the evening. This was, without a doubt, more than we bargained for. At that exact moment, our meter dropped by a few points, and after the wind died down, it quickly rose up again. What a night! We not only encountered the unexplained, but we encountered others who were looking for the same answers. We walked away from the investigation only to realize that the case of Elizabeth's grave and the enigmatic mysteries that surround it are definitely still open. In the end, our research showed that while we were in the far left side of this area, we noticed that there were several dozen broken headstones and grave markers. One of those headstones displayed the name Elizabeth. It showed the date of death being 1932. 
we noticed heavy drops in energy from the readings on our electromagnetic pulse meters. The further we got from the area, the more severe the jump in electromagnetic energy occurred. The meter stayed calm for the most part. However, there were significant drops in magnetic energy while we were standing near the oak tree with Andrew and Victoria. After almost an hour of calm silence, the wind started to pick up and a phantom aroma filled the air around us. It smelled like a strawberry perfume mixed with the smell of rust. While this was plaguing us, my attention was quickly switched. One of the members of the research team stated that he had the feeling of a little hand with a gentle grip clasping onto their left hand. Their hands smelled like strawberries for the rest of the evening. This was, without a doubt, more than we bargained for. At that exact moment, our meter dropped by several points, and after the wind died down, it quickly rose back up to where it was before. What a night! We not only encountered the unexplained, but we encountered others who were looking for the same answers. We walked away from the investigation only to realize that the case of Elizabeth's grave and the enigmatic mysteries that surround it are definitely still open. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the Sirius XM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual Sirius XM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer detail supply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Well, my friend, that's it for this week. I hope you learned a little bit about the Buckeye State. We are more than just college football. More than just the Browns and the Bengals. More than just Ohio State. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening and for continuing to tune in to Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Thank you and Godspeed. Most bizarre thing I've ever encountered. One uh, would be uh, when I was a guest speaker at the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I told you, Randy. Uh, several years ago. I've, I've been a regular there, but I've taken some time off from it so I don't bore people. So this woman approaches me, and she seems to be distraught, and she's like, she really needed to talk to me, but not around other people. So she pulls me off to the side, and she says to me, I don't know how to tell you this, but... I know I've been abducted over and over again since the age of nine. I'm like, okay, go ahead. I, I'm open ears. I hear stories like this all the time. And she said, no, you don't understand. They've abducted me within the last year and impregnated me. I said, really? And she says, yes. And I was carrying the child almost to full term. And then the light took me again. And when I came to, I was in the hospital. And they say I was never pregnant to begin with. But I have ultrasounds showing that I had a child in my stomach. I, I said, oh, okay, did you, you know, did some cult maybe take your baby or something? Or did a dingo get your baby? And she's, I didn't really say that. Mm -hmm. That would be rude. So oh, she yes. she went on to, to say, 
that she keeps having visions of a child that she um, will never see or never have because it was taken from her by the higher beings and that she encountered a child that she knew was hers but it was aged seven years but she lost it about a year ago and I'm like okay so it aged rapidly she said because it's an alien human hybrid and she knows it's her child because it spoke to her telepathically and said mommy I'm here I'm okay um, they need me. They need me. I have a higher calling. And I, I'm start, I'm sitting, I have to sit down at this point. I'm like, okay, because that was a lot to unload on a guy that That's writes ghost books and talks yeah. about Bigfoot and You're like, this is a great man. story. Are you yeah. like, yes. I was thinking, is it I hard to capitalize on Is this? it hard? Like, do you have to, like, resist getting too caught up in the beginning? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you can end up like Alex Jones. You mentioned sure. him earlier. Yeah. And create your own crazy cult of conspiracies mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Then the government has you on a watch list, which isn't fun. I've had my phones tapped, but that's a whole other story. And that whole experience, uh, on top of that, then I, there was another time at the Mid-Ohio Paranormal Convention in Dayton where these people approached me and said that men in black were following them. Uh, men in black had told them not to talk to me <laughs> and that they feel they have to share these images with me before the men in black take them because they've broken into their house and ransacked their house looking for these images. And it was just random images of really weird black lines and posts that just appear out of nowhere within a five-second shot. They're not there. And then within a five-second shot, they are there. So, I mean, these were just typical Polaroids and snapshots. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that could have been a Sharpie marker. You just gave me a quick glimpse of the image. Let me analyze the the actual film. Let me look into this. Let me know more about the land where these pictures were taken. They were giving me minimal information. So there's a lot of kooks out there like that. Right. Well, and then mental health. So, yeah, you're like mental health plus, Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. woman really shook me to the core when she shared that information. So what 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 came of, of that? Uh, she had been following me for a while, and uh, this was during the days of the merge between MySpace losing its popularity and Facebook becoming a, a gotcha. big thing in like mm-hmm. 2010, 2011 when MySpace died. And she had been following me heavily on uh, Facebook, which is one of the reasons I don't have my own Facebook anymore. Um, I have fan pages, but I don't have anything more than just that about myself on Facebook. Why? Because you are having people find you and and come up to you with problems? Uh, Yeah, and uh, somehow getting my phone number because there was a time when Facebook would take the information you put in uh, that's supposed to be secure and they would have on their phone number and then I would be getting calls and texts and all hours of the night. Yeah. (gasps) I just heard something. (laughs) I need you to come over. Demons in my sock drawer. Yeah, I would get that a lot. Now, what is the, so what would you say is like the the most definitive evidence that you've ever been a part of? Um, like where, where made you a believer 110%? It started with me at a very early age. Uh, what pushed me over the edge, I had always been aware of things, seen things, heard things, and I was told uh, by people close to me just to ignore it. Um, now you or, said like, like your mother or like your... your yeah, and uh, people at church. And so uh, they didn't. Add. So your mother or, or your parents or whoever this is uh, didn't ever have any sort of beliefs like you have. Like where? Oh, they do. They do, uh, and they would choose to ignore it as well, and not feed it, not give it attention. But I went the exact opposite out of rebellion, I guess. You're like, give it. Ghostbusters in our era didn't help uh, either. I'm sure Ghostbusters did not help. I mean, it, it, it's a great <laughs> film, but it did not help to um, push that fire down. I guess. 
So what I kept encountering was a loved one that had died and died under mysterious circumstances. We were told just from old age, but it was something more depression related. Okay. And I kept seeing them around the time of the anniversary of their death, uh, not in a peaceful manner, but in a, in a manner of anguish and despair reaching out to me. And it was freaking me out as a five-year-old, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old. This went on until I was about 11 or 12. Around the same week that they died, I would keep seeing them in and around the property that belonged to them. And would they come up to you specifically because they knew that you could you would acknowledge them? Yeah. Whoa. They wouldn't speak. It's almost as if they couldn't speak, but I got a sense of despair and and want and longing from them. Some they needed help for something. So, at the age of 12, it just dawned on me because it works for me in my area and those around me believe and acknowledge Jesus as a savior. So it worked for us mm-hmm. per se, religion-wise. And I prayed to God, take them wherever they need to go. They need you. They need to pass over. They need redemption, something. Save this soul. And the sighting stopped. I never saw this person again anymore in that state of being after that prayer was said. And it just, it's almost like a light went off that I'm supposed to do that. This is what I need to do. And it just only became... I guess it's um, you're like a walking Ouija board, like a spiritual gift almost. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, have, 